The following is part of the teaching ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel in Barrie, Ontario. We believe firmly in proclaiming the Word of God without apology. For more information about our church, visit our website at harvestberry.ca or email us at info at harvestberry.ca. We trust that this message will challenge and transform you. All right, well, good morning, Harvest. Good to see you all here today. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and grab your Bibles, and you can get them open to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 18. We are, by God's grace, going to cover three chapters of God's Word today. And uh, so we got a lot of work to do. We're going to be actually um, working through the story of, uh, of Jonathan, right? And how he was uh, such a loyal friend uh, to his friend David. Now, uh, before we get into all of that, um, how many of you kind of caught the irony of me teaching about loyalty on my last Sunday here? <laughs> right? Like, unbelievable. I feel like the biggest hypocrite in the world. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But seriously, though, um, Andrew and I feel uh, a deep sense of, uh, of loyalty to this church. And we just really want to thank you for uh, the support, the kind words, everything uh, that you have said to us uh, regarding this new move for us that we're starting in just a couple of weeks uh, down in Newmarket as the campus pastor there uh, through York Region. And I mean, the best way that I can put it, I've said it to so many of you before already, is that it's just a bittersweet feeling, right? I mean, it, it, it's a good thing when it's hard to leave a church. Right? That means that the church is good, and we have so many great relationships here. And I mean, we are so pumped about the next mission that God has for us uh, down in Newmarket. We really are. Uh, but at the same time, this has really been like, I mean, I can easily say it's been the best six years of my life for sure, and for our family. And uh, we have really loved it. And we're, I mean, we're going to miss everybody here. You know, I've just been thinking about that a lot over the last, well, a couple of months, I suppose, but especially this week. Uh, thinking about, you know, hanging with all the students and all the youth, and uh, I've absolutely loved uh, every second of that, and seeing God at work in your lives, and hanging with youth leaders, and, you know, so many of you, and the families here in this church, and the staff, and the elders, and, and you know, Todd specifically, you know, he's been just such a, a wise and, and godly example to me of, uh, of a preacher, um, of, of pastor, mentor, all of that. So just so uh, deeply appreciative to you specifically. And uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, God gets the glory for it all, right? I mean, we just sang about that. Um, I know that uh, that's what you want. That's what I want for sure. Um, but again, Angie and I, we can't help but feel loyal to you. And we appreciate all the great relationships that we've made here. And uh, that doesn't like end, right? Because of today, we're only going to be like half an hour down the road. Right, so come visit us right, at some point. Uh, that would be really awesome. But I also think that as ironic as all of that may be, talking about loyalty today, I think it's cool that we get to. We get to talk about what solid relationships really look like. And, um, and so we're going to be um, looking at Jonathan again right, and, and who he was and the, the loyalty, the devotion that he had to his friend and to his God as well. Right? There's a ton of stuff that we can glean out of this, that we can pull out of this from God's word and, and implement into our lives as well with the various relationships that we're in and then thinking about uh, within the context of us uh, as a church as well. All right, so um, as we get into this here, I'm just going to start by praying. So why don't you go ahead and bow your heads with me uh, as we seek the Lord. God, thank you for this church. And uh, Ange and I are feeling it uh, very much on a day like today. And uh, we're just so grateful for each person here and how they have really 
uh, poured into us. I know people make a, you know, a big deal and say nice things about pastors when they leave, but, but uh, honestly, it's, it's been amazing to see how, Lord, how you have blessed us through the people here, and we're just so grateful for that, and we definitely feel loyalty towards them. And Lord, I pray that as we um, work through these, this passage here this morning, and we look at such an important uh, topic when it comes to the church and when it comes to our relationships, Lord, I pray that you would challenge us, Lord. I pray that you would bring conviction where we need it. Lord, we, where we've been lax on the whole idea of loyalty. Lord, I pray that you would bring encouragement to us, Lord. By your spirit, I pray that you would show us that, that being loyal and having solid relationships is very attainable and it's doable because of, because of who you are and your work in us. And so, God, I pray that as we work through um, these verses here today, Lord, bring clarity to our hearts and our, and our minds, our understanding. And Lord, we pray that this would all be, about, uh, be all about your glory. So Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we're back into our Everyday Heroes series uh, here today. And, and this is really where we're just looking at like regular men and women from Scripture. People just like us, like kind of everyday people who God uses to do incredible things, people who, who God just works through. And, and these are kind of things that we're going to look at here today. And so Jonathan's our hero. We've talked about him already a couple of times. Now, um, now typically in this story that we're about to read, uh, David gets all the attention, doesn't he? Right? King David. I mean, he was the, uh, he was the shepherd boy. He started off as that. And then he became the, the giant slayer and ultimately this, this warrior and great king. I mean, he was also, he's also a bit of a screw up. He's known for that as well, but he was a man after God's own heart, right? David, David's like this legend, right? He's this like ultimate guy that's talked about all through scripture. And he's like every little kid's hero because he killed Goliath, right? They love that. Okay, but I think Jonathan's a legend as well, right? I think he's pretty incredible. He's one of my favorites uh, here today for sure. And, and so we're going to be coming at it from his side. And again, how loyal of a friend he was. Now, he was the kind of friend that really, at the end of the day, we all wish we had that kind of friend, right? We all do. And, we, and he's also the kind, of, the kind of friend that we all probably aspire to be uh, to others as well. All right, so let's get into this then. Uh, if you've got your notes there, it's going to be on the screen as well. Here's the first thing. Okay, I'm loyal when I'm committed to loving others well. I'm committed to loving others well. And we're going to be looking at uh, chapter 18, starting in verse 1 here in just a second. But basically, this is, this is the beginning of David and Jonathan's friendship. Right, it's the very beginning. And the timeline kind of leading up to this is that David, he had just been anointed as the next king of Israel after Saul. Okay, Saul still had some time left yet on the throne, but God had kind of said, hey, you're my man. You're the next guy in line. And so we read about all of that in chapter 16, and then in chapter 17 is his whole showdown with Goliath, right? And, and uh, you know, God just asserts his supremacy over the Philistines, and amazing things are happening there. And, and so David, he's becoming like this rising star among the people, right? And everyone, everyone loves David, and... Uh, and it's kind of through these circumstances that, that he and Jonathan strike up this friendship. All right, now I want you to keep in mind here that, uh, that Jonathan is King Saul's son. All right, so we're going to read this now, uh, 18, starting in uh, verse 1. Okay, it says, As soon as he, that's David, had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. 
And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David went out and he was successful wherever Saul sent him so that Saul set him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now, what I really want you to notice here and focus on the first thing is just kind of verse three. All right, take a look at verse three there. It says, then Jonathan made a, he made a covenant with David. Okay, really prominent throughout these three chapters that we're going to be looking at here is this covenant relationship that existed between Jonathan and, uh, and David. You know, this whole idea of, of covenant, that all originated with God. Right back in Genesis chapter 15 and chapter 17 as well, we see God um, initiate this covenant, uh, this this promise or agreement, uh, contract, that kind of an idea with uh, with Abraham or Abram. Right, and this is where he commits himself to Abram and his descendants forever. He's like, I will be your God. Right, he's committing himself. And then, of course, we see this idea of covenant uh, expressed in the New Testament as well. Right, and we look at uh, Luke chapter 22, right there, uh, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood, right? And we just um, remembered that in our time of communion, okay? And this is basically like, hey, the, the, the sacrificial system is done, right? It, it's, it's over with now. The law has been fulfilled, right? And this new agreement between God and man is going to be based on faith, in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, right? That's this new covenant. So from the very beginning, from the start of it all, we see that God relentlessly pursues us, right? Relentlessly. His, his people, his creation, his church, his bride, right? He, he is coming after us, right? He's so committed to us. You may be like, well, why? Why is he committed? What's his, what's his reason for that? Well, it's, it's because of the great love for us, right? Ephesians 2 verse 4 says that because of the great love with which he loved us, right? God sent his son. Now back to our passage, verse 3 again, okay? It's the exact same reason here why Jonathan commits to David. Because he, he loved him, right? He loved him as his own soul, it says there. It says in verse 1 as well that their souls were knit together, right? It speaks to the incredible bond uh, that these two guys had, right? And, and you, you kind of, you kind of, you don't, you don't get this sense that there was any, anything kind of like nonchalant about their friendship. No, they, they were committed. They, they were all in. It was like, I am with you to the end. I think that, that kind of sums up their, their friendship, their alliance together. Okay, that's their loyalty. Right? And as an expression of this covenant, just take a look at what Jonathan does here in verse 4. It's pretty amazing. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him, gave it to David, and his armor, and even his sword, and his bow, and his belt. Now, this is, this is significant. It, it, it's so much more than, like, you know, picture two kids at school at lunchtime, like, hey, we're friends. You, like, have half my sandwich, right? It's, it's so much more than that, okay? Because Jonathan, Jonathan was next in line for the throne, you realize that? He was, he was Saul's oldest son. And so when he was, was given up his, his robe, keep in mind his royal robe, it was a statement, right? He was, he was basically saying, you know, here, here, you take my place, 
right? You get the crown. I willingly give that up for you, right? Pretty incredible. I mean, we're going to come back to a little bit of that later, but I mean, it just goes to show you the kind of, I mean, the depth of the, the commitment, the loyalty, the love that Jonathan was making here to his friend. Okay, so let me ask you this. Okay, where are you at when it comes to kind of committing to love people around you? Where are you at with that? Do you take it seriously? Right? Is, is, is loyalty as important to us here as a church as it was to Jonathan? Right? Or, or maybe you're, you know, in a moment of honesty, you, you'd admit that you're maybe a little bit too laid back about that. Right? Maybe even a little bit lazy. Or maybe you're the person who's just straight up disloyal. Right? And you're always like backbiting and kind of trashing people behind their back. And, and you're always causing problems for people. And, and, you know, no one really wants to be around you because you're so difficult. You're disloyal. No one trusts you. Right? Is that you? Right? Hopefully not. What I love here about Jonathan is that his commitment here, it wasn't just something that he kind of fell into by accident. Right? Like, well, I mean, since we're all standing around and I've kind of got this nice robe. No, he, it's not like that. Right? He, makes, he makes a decision here. Okay? He's, he decides to go for it. To love him well. That's the whole covenant idea. And it's kind of like, like marriage. You know, many of you are married and, and, and some of you aspire to be married at some point. You know, for those of you uh, who are married, uh, you probably, hopefully, you know, didn't uh, just kind of wind up there uh, at the altar uh, without having first kind of taken some time to think through the, the commitment uh, that you were about to make and then decide to jump in with both feet, right? You, you would have thought that through uh, when it comes to marriage. And some of you, I mean, you even, you even wrote out your vows, Right, very carefully and thoughtfully, passionately expressing your commitment uh, to your spouse. Okay, to be committed or to be loyal to, to someone, to anyone really, okay, requires that you make a decision to do that. You need to make a decision. You need to decide. Now, as you, uh, you kind of approach the various relationships uh, that you're in, um, do, you, do you approach them that way? Right? Like, think about your families here for a second. Like, do you, do, are, you, are you committed to loving your wife and your kids? Do they know that? Maybe extended family, right? Even the crazy ones, right? Do they, do they know that you're loyal? Right? How about, how about friends? Are you the kind of person that, that, you, that can be counted on by your friend? Right, your friend's moving or something, or, or they need some help around the house, or they need you to watch the kids for a moment. Like, are, are you there for them? Can they count on you for that? Are you a loyal friend in that way? How about at church? You know, in the various ministries that you're in and you're a part of, are you loyal to that? You know, are you showing up prepared? Are you showing up on time? Are you just kind of roll in whenever? Are you kind of doing whatever you want? It's really all about you and everyone can kind of tell. Right? Are you committed? How about at small group? Think about small group. That's a big one. Will people in your small group be able to say, like, yeah, that, that guy's in. He's all in. Are you, are you, you know, checking up with people throughout the week? You, know, you usually take prayer requests at, at small group. Do you, ever, do you ever touch those throughout the week? 
You're just kind of like, what was that again? A week later when you get back together? Are you loyal to these people? Is this the kind of commitment that you have with the people that you're in relationship with? Say that you're a loyal person and you're committed to loving them well. Okay, not, just, not just that they would say that you would, that you would be loyal, but hopefully that you're, that you're backing it up, right? Because, because saying that you're loyal and talking a good game, it kind of means like jack all if you're not backing it up with action. Right? That's really important. Now to love well and be loyal and all of that, yeah, that's a really big part of uh, what we mean when we're talking about uncommon community here that we're trying to fo- uh, foster here at Harvest. Right? That's what we want. You know, where people walk in these doors on a, on a Sunday and, and meet people or, or join our, our small groups and, and start serving in our ministries. And they're like, wow, like I can't believe what God is, is doing here. Right? This is amazing. I'm just sensing the love of God's people. I'm sensing the love of the Lord. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not finding this out there. Right? I don't think it's much of a shock to any of us to, to kind of hear that, that you know, that's not the way the world loves Right? They're not loving well, generally speaking. Out there, it's really only about loving someone, you know, as, as long as I feel it. Right? You, ever, you hear people talk, but I just fell out of love. It's a, lot, it's a lot more than just feeling it. Out there, it's all about loving if, you know, if it's easy, or as long as it doesn't put me out too much, or I still get to do what I want to do. Right? That's kind of the world typically, uh, the love that the, the world typically speaking embraces. But it's not biblical love. Right? It's not, it's not commitment. Now there's no doubt, okay, hear this carefully, there is no doubt that commitment is hard. Right? I'm not standing up here saying, hey, be loyal, it's simple. No, it's not. It's really hard. And so it's a really important thing as we start to think about this is to really try and understand what our, what our motives or our motives are uh, behind being loyal. You know, like, like what's the reason really at the end of the day that I am committing to love this person well? Like what, what is that? What's going on in my heart here? You know, or what should be the driving motive behind my loyalty? Okay, we'll understand that we're, we're, we're at the church here. We're not really about just, you know, mere self-improvement. You know, where, where the motive for being loyal is just kind of some moralistic effort to make myself a better person, right? That's not what we're going for, right? If, if, you're mo- if your motive for being loyal is something like, well, well I, like being, I like being loyal because it makes me feel good, right? And, and, I, and I like that feeling I get when I'm loyal. Or, or if it's like, you know, I, I, just want, I just want people to think that I've got it all together, right? And, and when I'm loyal, people praise me and they talk me up. You know, and I, I love how that feels. All right. Well, if that, any of that kind of thing is your motive, it's, it's, it's too self-centered, right? It's, it's really, it's all about you and not about the other person. And if, if your motive is self-centered in, in any way at all, then when being loyal demands a lot out of you, and it will, you're going to be like, this isn't worth it. Right? I'm not getting out of it what I want to get out of it. And so when the going gets tough, you're going to bail. You're not going to be loyal. And that's why we see people being disloyal to each other. That's why we see backstabbing. Because we're not, mo- we're, not, we're not loyal for the right reasons. 
Our motives are, are all twisted up and messed up. And we're really all about ourselves. And all of our loyalty, or some of it, or maybe a large part of it, is kind of, it, it looks good on the outside, but on the inside, our hearts are kind of a mess about it. Okay, so then what should our motive be? Well, simply, the reason we commit to others, the reason we're loyal is because, because Christ committed to us. Right? At the end of the day, that's it. I mean, that's why all Christians should ooze loyalty. Right? We should. Now, let me be clear. Okay, it's not like, uh, you know, well, you know, I guess God, you know, showed me some commitment, so I guess I better commit to... It's not like that. Right? No, it's, it's like a, it's a joy-filled gratitude. Like, Christ died for me, and that's, that was an amazing thing. That he, he, and he's so committed to me, to, to loving me and changing me, despite all of my weaknesses, despite all of my failings. Right? Of course I want to just pour out what he's already poured into me. Right? That's the motive that we should be trying to get to. And we're all somewhere on that spectrum, trying to get there. Right? But when we get there, when, we're, when that's the motive driving your heart, that's, be, that's because the gospel has renovated you. The gospel has become your motive. And I'm committed to loving others well because Jesus committed to loving me well. Right, that's the whole thing. And that's our motive. We'll be loyal even in the bad times. Even in the bad times. That's the second thing. Now I can imagine here someone kind of making the argument, well, well Jonathan's uh, loyalty to David, uh, it wasn't all that difficult of a decision to make. Right? Like, like, things were going pretty well uh, in Israel, to say the least, at this point, right? David had just defeated Goliath. We talked about that. You know, the nations were cowering at the might of God. And, and uh, you know, David was put in charge of the army. They were, like, laying waste to everybody, right? No one could stand before God and before Israel. So everything was working out perfectly. It's pretty easy to be loyal when life's good, isn't it? But, of course, it doesn't stay that way. Not at all. Okay, flip over to... Uh, to chapter 19 here for a second. Chapter 19, I'll bring you up to speed here. Okay, David, uh, he becomes this war hero, right? Becomes this war hero, and Saul, how do you think he handles it? Uh, horribly, <laughs> horribly. He becomes super jealous, and uh, he tries to, uh, well, he gets really ugly here. Okay, he throws a spear at David and tries to kill him, tries to pin him against a wall. It actually says in chapter 18 that he tried to do that twice. And then for Saul, it's one of those, like, keep your friends close and your enemies closer type things. And so he ends up giving David his oldest daughter's hand in marriage. And before you're like, oh, that was kind of nice. It wasn't really. It was all mind games. It was all manipulation. He was just trying to to kind of position David right where he wanted him, where he could kind of have control over him. Right? And the whole thing backfires on Saul. And he starts to realize, wow, God's really with this guy. And he feels really threatened by it. And, and he just kind of, I mean, he starts to freak out even more, right? This guy just starts, starts getting paranoid. Okay, now check out verse, um, verse 1 here, chapter 19. This is where Jonathan uh, enters back in the story. We're going to look at this. It says, and, and Saul spoke to Jonathan and his son, uh, his son and, all, and to all his servants, that they should kill David. Right, but Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, my, my, uh, Saul, my father, seeks to kill you. Therefore, be on your guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak to my father about you. And if I learn anything, I will tell you. 
And Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against uh, his servant David, because he's not sinned against you, and because his deeds have brought good to you. For he took his life in his hand, he struck down the Philistine, as the Lord worked a great salvation for all Israel. Like you saw it and rejoiced. Why then you sin against innocent blood by killing David without cause? And Saul listened to the voice of Jonathan. Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. And Jonathan called David. And Jonathan reported to him all these things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul. And he was in his presence as before. Okay, so pretty incredible. Right? Jonathan, he's put into a, a really difficult circumstance. Where he's kind of between his father and his friend. And we'll get to more of that later. But, but he's loyal to David, even in his darkest hours. Right? When, the, when it gets really brutal, he's there. He's got his back. Right? He, he sticks up for him when, when Saul starts to go off the deep end. Right? Jonathan's there when David needs him most. Okay, I remember there was a, a point in my life uh, years ago when uh, things were just coming apart. Right? It was coming apart. And I remember I had uh, two really good friends. I mean, like the loyalist of the loyal. Friends who just poured into me. I remember they came to my house. They literally took me out and they hung out with me. They tried to cheer me up. They, they poured into me. They helped me make some, some really difficult decisions that I had to make. Uh, they helped me uh, not take my life too seriously. Uh, you know, good friends, right? Really, really good friends. And I can, I can honestly say that I, I don't know where I would be today if it wasn't for them. It was a really, really important time in my life. And these guys answered the call, right? They were super loyal. I mean, I know you, I know you have those kinds of friends as well. I know you've been in those types of, of moments where, you know, you didn't know, you know, how am I going to make it through this, right? This is, this is just tough. This is pretty bad, Okay, but God, he, he, like, he, he brought you this like, incredible person, right? or, the, or this incredible group of people who were there for you, who just brought you through, who poured into you, who, who, who carried you. Right? And maybe some of you, you've been that person for somebody else. Right? And you've, you've reached out to them. And, and, and you can just tell, like, man, this person's in a bad place if I'm not here with them. Right? Our loyalty is is tested and proven in the bad times. Okay, now generally speaking, generally speaking, life doesn't often get ultra severe. Right? Sometimes it does, absolutely. And some of us have gone through uh, some really bad stuff. Right? And sometimes you think about like the Ninkovic family. I know they're on uh, most of our hearts here and what they're going through and they've got their one-year-old in a hospital and he's been there for you know, eight or nine months or whatever it's been now. It's been bad, you know, and, and there's times like that where we're just required to step up in a huge way, in a unique way, and, uh, and bless and help out and all of that. You know, and all of that's very real, but for the most part, right, for the most part, our loyalty is going to be expressed kind of like in everyday life situations, right? In everyday situations, you know, it's going to be by the kind of advice that we give people, right? The kind of the kind of wisdom that we show them, the, the kind of listeners that we are when they have something to share with us, right? The kind of help that we can, that we can be, the amount of, the amount of quality time uh, that we can spend with them. And that's probably where most of us live most of the time. You know what? So I mean, are you going to be uh, that kind of a loyal friend in the everyday situations? Not just the catastrophic ones, 
Just kind of like the day in, day out, slogging it out with people. Loyalty. It's not easy. Right, I mentioned that. It can be, it can be tiring to be loyal to somebody, can't it? It can be disappointing, you know, especially if you see them, you know, making mistakes and, and, and not doing what they should be doing. It can be frustrating at times even. Hey, but it's a sacrifice that, that, that us as Christ followers, I mean, we should be willing to make. Are you willing to make because of the gospel? Again, it always goes back to what Jesus Christ has done for us, right? And it's, it's something, this loyalty, this sacrifice in the bad times, it's something that we can do, we can accomplish because of Christ's spirit at work in us, right? So don't ever give in to the, the temptation that, well, you know what? I just don't know if I have anything to give to this person. Uh, yeah, you do. You have the Holy Spirit within you, right? He will do incredible things through you if you would let him. All right. I'm loyal when I commit to loving others well, even in the bad times, no matter the personal cost to me. And no matter the personal cost to me, that's the last thing here. I want you to flip over to, uh, to chapter 20 here for a second. And again, I'll fill in a few of the gaps. But, uh, but Saul has since uh, gone back on his word and thrown spear number three at David, believe it or not. He missed again. Okay, so, so David, he's like, man, I got to get out of here. Like threes, yeah, that's one too many for me, right? And he takes off, he flees, and, and Saul takes off after him. He chases him, he's in hot pursuit, and eventually uh, David kind of reconnects with Jonathan, and uh, together they, they hatch out this plan where they, they try and figure out uh, whether or not Saul still has it in uh, for David. And sure enough, uh, Jonathan finds out that Saul uh, still wants Jonathan uh, or wants David eliminated. And so, uh, so here's what happens. If you got flip over to uh, verse 30, uh, we'll pick it back up here. Uh, this is uh, what happens between Jonathan and his father Saul. Okay, verse 30 of uh, chapter 20. Okay, it says, Then Saul's anger was kindled against his son. And he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse, that's David, lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Okay, then Jonathan answered his Saul, his father, why should he be put to death? What has he done? Okay, but Saul hurled his spear at him to strike him. I mean, what is it with Saul and spears? Right? Like, this is insane. What he's doing, like who, I can just imagine the guy who handed it back to him for the fourth time, right? Like, like what could go wrong from here on out, right? Like what, like keep the sharp objects away from Saul. Okay, keep going. So Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death, 34. And Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food for the second day of the month. Listen to this. For he was grieved for David because his father had disgraced him. Pretty amazing. He, well, he wasn't concerned about himself. He was concerned about his friend, David. Like probably like two seconds ago, he just had a spear go flying at him. But he's like, no, it's David that I'm concerned about. He's the guy I'm worried about, right? That's loyalty. That's selfless loyalty right there. Now, all of that for Jonathan, right? All of his loyalty, it cost him, didn't it? Right, it cost him big time. I mean, he's already kind of forfeited his job. He's lost his job as the next king of Israel. 
Now, I know we, we know that he, he gave that up willingly, and, and ultimately God made that decision. We know all of that. But now he loses his relationship with his father as well. I can't imagine things are still good between the two of them. I mean, he just got completely chewed out, where he got cursed. And I don't mean like swore at. I mean cursed. He's like, for as long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. He's like, it ain't happening. Right? Devastating. Right? The words that Jonathan heard. Imagine hearing that from your own dad. Right? That would have caused some issues for sure. And then Saul, I mean, he's just so spun out, tries to kill Jonathan in a fit of rage. I mean, just a, just a monumental amount of personal cost to Jonathan, all because he was loyal. All because he was loyal. Now, there's a few questions that kind of pop to mind that as we kind of read through this whole passage, and, and really two of them that I want us to kind of think through here. Um, and the first one is just this. Can being loyal go too far? Can being loyal go too far, like to the point where it's become wrong? Sure. Yeah, I believe it can be. I think it can go too far. I mean, we, we could call it like, like a warped sense of loyalty. Right? You have that? You know anyone that has that? You know, where we're committed to somebody, you know, at all costs. And it doesn't matter what happens. I am all in. Right? And, and that can be danger. Right? It can, it can become a detriment to us. It can become a detriment to the person or other people. Collateral damage. Because our loyalty has maybe gone too far or it's warped. All right, so we're going to get this up on the screen here, I think. All right, I have a warped sense of loyalty if. All right, I got three of them for you here. We're going to go through them quickly. But I have a warped sense of loyalty if I let people walk all over me and just take it in the name of loyalty. All right? Is this you? Do you let people just trample all over you? Right, maybe it's, uh, it's a family member or a boss or, you know, a quote-unquote friend. And someone who just... They just exert their dominance over you, and you just let them. In your mind, you've kind of got it all twisted up and think, well, I'm just, I'm just loyal, and I just want to be close to them, and I, I love that person, or I respect them so much, and so you know, they can kind of get away with whatever with me because I'm a loyal person. You know, and maybe it's gone so far as you know, it, it, it's turned into abuse. It's been verbal or emotional or physical, sexual, something like that. Right? And, you, and in many ways, you're allowing it to happen. Let me just say that if, if that's you and you're in that kind of place, you need to come talk to someone here today. I can just imagine how, how hard that is, how difficult and painful it is if you're in that kind of a situation and you feel trapped, you don't know how to get out of it. Right? Make sure that you come and get some prayer and get, some, get a game plan going. You're going to need some help for that. All right, here's the second one. I've got a warped sense of loyalty if I'm so committed to a person that I let them drag me into sinful choices. Right, you ever done that? Right, I've seen this with students from time to time. Right, especially when youth get to the age of, you know, high school and all of that. Kind of friends are everything. Right, everything. And, and I've seen students um, get attached to a certain friend. And kind of everyone around them can tell, ah, that friend's, you know, kind of bad news. But they're like, you know, you know what? We're friends for life. And, and, and you mean everything to me. And I will be with you to the end, no matter what. And then what happens? The friend starts, starts making some pretty dumb choices. And the student's like, well, 
you know, I still need to love them and, and be with them and support them. And, that, and that's true. But it doesn't mean you just let them do whatever and you say that it's okay. And oftentimes what happens is the friend who's making the mistake ends up dragging the student down with them. And they start making all the dumb choices. Listen, I have seen students wreck their lives over this. Okay, it's not just like, yeah, I had a bad month of July. No, like, ruined their life. Got it off on the wrong foot. No recovery, as far as we can tell. Right, a real serious thing. Okay, don't be loyal to someone at all costs. Right, it's dumb. Here's the third one. I have a warped sense of loyalty if I'm loyal to someone to the exclusion of others. To the exclusion of others. You might call this favoritism. Is your family like this at all? Husbands, wives, are you so committed to your kids and so loyal to them and spend all of your time with them that your spouse is suffering? Right? Does your marriage, is it at the point right now where it exists only because the kids are there? Or maybe it's the opposite way. You love your husband, you love your wife so much and the kids are kind of like a burden and that's kind of how you treat it. And so you're paying, playing favoritism with your wife. Right? Loyalty, it needs to be spread out a little bit in that, in that kind of a situation. Right? Don't be playing favorites. Now, we can't be loyal to everybody in the same way. I hope that's obvious. Right? We're not going to have the same relationship Jonathan had with David with every single person we ever meet. Right? That's not realistic. But the people that, that God has entrusted to us, we need to be absolutely loyal to them. Right? No favoritism. Because okay? none of that is is true, biblical, God-honoring loyalty. All right, can loyal go, being loyal go too far? That was kind of the first question. Here's the second one. You think about this. How is Jonathan able to choose loyalty to his friend over loyalty to his father? Right, you think about that? Like, what about family first? You ever heard of that, Jonathan? Family first. Do you, think he, do you think he crosses the line here at all in any way? How is he able to choose sides like that? Well, I think the simple answer here that, that can kind of help us out when we find ourselves in kind of a sticky spot, we're trying to figure out who to be loyal to, it's just this. Okay, be loyal to God, what is right, and the truth above all else. Be loyal to God, what is right, and the truth above all else. I mean, that's what Jonathan did. Right? If you were to look at verse 42 there, he says to David, uh, The Lord shall be between me and you. The Lord shall be between me and you. He's very concerned about what the Lord thought. He communicated that to his father. Right? He was loyal to God above all. And understand that at times, you know, you're going to be put in situations you're going to need to make a very difficult decision, right? It might require you to pick a side. And because of that, you know, you're going to have people that, that don't like you. You're going to have people that might reject you. You might lose a job over it, right? The, the cost could be extremely high, right? Loyalty though, it requires courage to do the right thing, regardless of how difficult it is. And trusting God with the result. That's what loyalty requires. And again, we see that in the life of Jonathan here. 
Okay, there's no doubt that he loved his father. Right? It would have grieved him deeply that Saul was, was acting like such a tool, right? Okay, but he stood up for what was right. He did the right thing. And that meant being there for David, for supporting David, even though he suffered for it. And listen, I wish I could stand here this morning and tell you that everything worked out perfectly for Jonathan in the end. But you know what? It kind of doesn't. kind of doesn't. I mean, last we hear of, of Jonathan, he, he, he just he dies in battle. Right? Along, with, along with Saul, along with his other brothers. You know, he has kind of this, this brief moment as the hero in Scripture, as we just read, but then he kind of just drifts off into obscurity, and, and the narrative just kind of goes silent with it. Right? And we just know that he dies. We don't know how it turned out. I don't know how the relationship with his father worked itself out, or whether it did at all. I think therein lies the challenge for us, doesn't it? Okay, I think we'd be okay being loyal. I think we'd even be okay suffering for it if we were, if we knew that we would have some kind of blessing to receive in this earth from it. Okay, but we know that, that's not guaranteed. That, that's not promised to us at all. We'll get, any, we'll get an eternal reward, and maybe that's kind of what we need to be thinking about. Have the eternal perspective. Realize that God is, God is going to give me more when I go to meet him. And that's where my reward is waiting, but I might not have anything here. You going to be okay with that? You going to be all right? You willing to be loyal to somebody just simply because they need you? You willing to be loyal to somebody just because God asks you to? No promises? No guarantees other than that? Might not see the blessing? Yeah, that's the kind of loyalty God had for us, right? That's the kind of loyalty he had for the world. He died. He died. He gave up his life. He sacrificed himself. He endured the torture, the horror of the cross. Knowing full well that people were just going to reject him. That people were going to hate him. That they would go to their deaths shaking their fist at him. Listen, I, I recognize the enormity of the challenge here today. I recognize that it's a heavy one. Right? Loyalty is awesome. I mean, there's nothing like loyalty when it's clicking. Right? It's amazing. I'm pretty sure we probably, we probably all have stories like that. Okay, but at the same time, it can be very difficult. Very difficult. I mean, that's why, you know, we need to cry out to the Lord. Lord, would you do this? Lord, would you surround me with loyal people? God, would you make me a person who is loyal to others around me. Lord, I, don't, I can't do this on my own. You recognize that? You can't do it. I can't do it. We can't be loyal the way that Jonathan was apart from Christ at work in us. Right? It's not about just muscling up your own courage and your own might and doing it. Right? We need the Lord. We need him badly. And that's the exact kind of thing he wants to do in us. That's the kind of church he wants to make us. And he is making us. So you're going to cry out to him. Are you going to ask him for that? Are you going to plead with him for that? We're going to do that now. So why don't you go ahead and bow your eyes, bow your heads, close your eyes. As we seek the Lord here, God. Thank you, Lord, that first and foremost, you are a loyal God. Lord, your loyalty never wavers. 
Lord, it, it never loses grip. It never backs down. Lord, you are an awesome God, Lord, and you have shown us the incredible love of Jesus Christ. You have shown loyalty to your church. You have shown loyalty to this world. Lord, I pray that we would see that, that we would be captivated by that. Lord, I pray that we would be transformed by that, Lord. And that in turn, it would transform this church, this community, this city. God, I pray that we wouldn't be loyalty just because of the good fuzzy feelings we get from it. We wouldn't, we wouldn't go for loyalty that way but that we would go for it simply because you have asked us to and because there is a need. Lord, I pray that we would be excited about the eternal reward that will come our way. Lord, thank you that you promised us that. Lord, thank you for strength. Thank you for grace. We cry out for these things now. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. We always love hearing about the work God's doing in our listeners. If God's been doing a work in you, send us an email at info at harvestberry.ca. And remember, you are loved.